Hey people, my name is Aram, my pronouns are he, him, and welcome back to God's Fall. This season, we are premiering each episode with a special video-enhanced version of the podcast. You can join cast and crew for a live weekly watch party Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash godsfall. Don't want to wait for more? We've got you covered. You can listen to the next episode right now by heading over to patreon.com slash godsfall. Hi, my name is Niall, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm playing Torvik Wildtongue, the arisen god of beasts. So it's uh, Javiel, Javiel. Uh, I have to look at my notes. I think it's. I think so. Uh, one second. And Morabi, Javiel and Morabi, the demigods of bears and owls. Bears and owls, fantastic. Are Caitlin's owlbears named, or are they just baby owlbears? They're just two. I don't think we ever named them. Okay. Now that I think about it, I don't believe we ever named them. So they're not also named Marafi and Javiel as far as I know. (laughs) No, they are not. I know that much. The last time uh, that he saw the whole group was when they were coming into Capania. So they had just dealt with the the line and with the demigod of the astral realm, who turned out to be quite a bitch. (laughs) But helpful to have at the time. It actually worked out well. Without her, that would have been a much harder fight. So it was nice. Although they probably wouldn't have attacked had she not engaged with them. So Mm. either way. But right as they were pulling in. That's we would have thought, though. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah. Right as they were pulling into Capania, um, I guess Torvik, the way that we did it is that Torvik was like, look, I got to go deal with my kids. I got to go do something. Like, I've just been ignoring this. Feel free to play them however you wish. The main character notes was that he was pretty slovenly, but we don't have to stick with that either. Yeah, you could adapt him to however you want. About. He did drink a lot. There was no doubt about that. Torvik has been at the Spear of Jarden for several weeks now. Um, he met his kids. That went pretty well. Uh, you and Ben, you and Benegrit don't really know each other that well. Uh, it was kind of a one night stand that he just that he was like. I, I'm sure how it went. I'm pretty. Sh- I'm. I'm pretty sure he. He was like, "Do I roll constitution?" I was yeah, like, he "Sure." And 20. then he rolled a nat twenty. Yeah. On your well, Wikipedia, it's referred to as a nut twenty, which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. I've never seen that. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's so funny. But yeah, that's what happened. And so you went there. Uh, your kids are the equivalent of like somewhere around five or six in human years, right? Yeah. So they're active toddlers. They're very engaged. Uh, Javiel is sweet, perhaps a little, not dumb, uh, but just just kind of a himbo-ish, I would say. Like, he, like, he's not dumb, but he doesn't get things right away, and he confuses things, and it doesn't really register, and he does things that are not safe. So kind of bullheaded, like a bear. Yeah, like a bear, exactly. Fortunately, his sister looks out, 
looks out for him. And she is a very, she's very bookish. She's very uh, quiet and contemplative until something is wrong. And then she's very loud, right? But she basically looks out for her brother. They're the same age, but she may as well be an older sister. And that's more or less how they work. Um, they're both... They're both demigods that can shape change. They can only shape change within their within their special realm. So she can turn into any kind of owl, whether it's a small owl or a giant owl or whatever. And he can turn into any kind of bear, whether it's a Kodiak bear or a brown bear or whatever. He can be any kind of bear. Uh, eventually, he might be able to even be an owl. Could she turn into an <laughs> owl bear? <laughs> but right, but right now, uh, they turn into bears, and, he, and the largest bear he can turn into um, is a polar, is a polar bear, which is very impressive for being six. The second largest bear there is. <laughs> he is a six-year-old boy who can become a polar bear, which is. Concerning. More concerning, though, is that Murabi can fly. So yeah, got, yeah, you've got a six-year-old that can fly, and that's very problematic. But Benegrit's been doing a great job. She is a fantastic mom. Um, she's a little strict because she is, after all, the captain of the guard. In addition to being a mom, now uh, the rest of her crew is great. It's a skeleton crew of about. 24, which is just enough to maintain the Spear of Jarden and do a daily patrol. They used to have a full staff here, right? There used to be a contingent of over 200, but nothing ever happened. Nothing ever came out of the void. The whole point of the Spear of Jarden was to be a bulwark against anything that came out of that of that storm because they still expected a god to walk out or some sort of horrible thing, maybe a dragon who hadn't been seen in a, in a hundred years. Nothing has ever come out of that a storm. So you're down to a skeleton crew and the captain. Because that's a great idea when gods are coming back into the world. Leave this place on land. <laughs> well, like, I mean, they've not on like, land, but yeah, not on man. But yeah, I mean, it's but it's like anywhere else. Like the second we stop worrying about something, it becomes forgotten. That's how human beings are. You know, it's out of sight, out of mind. We've never had to de to deal with this, so clearly, it's not a threat anymore. Yeah, that's just how we operate. Sadly, you know, it's the, just the uh, yeah, human mind or, or any kind of species in this world. It's just how we operate. Out of sight, out of mind. That's it. So, uh, how, how would how do you think Torvik would be in this situation? When he first arrives, he's probably terrified of even like having to commit as being a father, but he's also excited. Um, yeah. And I guess the more he gets to know the kids, the more he's just having a, an absolute great time with them. Like you know, he's running around with Javiel, Javiel, Javiel. Yeah. Sorry, he's yeah. running around with Javiel as like a bear, and then like. You know, Morabi will fly by and he'll like, like, kind of jump and change from a bear into an owl and fly around with her for a while. And by the end totally. of the day, the two kids will be exhausted and he honestly just wants to drink because he's also exhausted. Well, you're in a good place. They have good dwarven ale here, so that'll work out well. He'll like try his best to get to know Benegrit, but like, even from the last time, she like doesn't dislike him as far as he knows, but he, she also doesn't want anything to do with him in a relationship kind of viewpoint yeah she knew what was going on they were pretty open with her about what yeah. they were doing and she's like well you have to go save the world so okay i mean she's it's kind of a very military 
kind of thing here. Like, like I know you're not going to be around. I've accepted that you're not going to be around. I'm in it for the kids. Yeah. If you're around, great. If dad wants to help out, great. But I am fully capable <laughs> and I'm in it because I want kids. So that's kind of where she's at. She's happy to see you. And there's uh, assumedly still an attraction there. So it's kind of like seeing... You know, it's 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 like a long distance relationship that you got to see for the first time in what seems like quite a while. Probably something that like, you know, might have ended, but not because you were on bad terms, just because it didn't. It wasn't the time or place. Yeah, I would I would say you're you're probably as excited to see almost as excited to see her as the kids. Obviously, the kids are the main thing. And that has been great. You guys spent so much time. I mean, the entire time you've spent with the main group has been on the run. You never really stopped. You never took a chance to just breathe and, you know, come to terms with who you are, your place in the world, all of that. And now you've actually had that time to kind of slow down, play with the kids, just spend a couple of weeks just being yourself and being a dad. Now, that said, every morning he does get up early and fly a perimeter around to see if anyone is approaching either as a hawk, some kind of bird with a very good vision just to see if sure. there's any approaching ships, anything out of out of the ordinary that wasn't there yesterday um, because he's still paranoid, especially after the facing the line and everything else that's been going on. This like the third week you've been there, you get up in the morning and you're kind of like walk to the tallest tower, stretch, get some of that fresh void air. Right? <laughs> and... Before you take off, you feel a little tug at your leg, and there is more, is more Robbie. And she's in her little dressing a gown, and she's got a little chubby hand grabbing your pant leg. Oh, Morabi, how are you? What are you doing up here? Hi, I'm coming. Well, we're both coming. And then she looks, and Jav and Javiel's kind of like tucked around the corner, peeking around. Like, is it okay? Uh let me let me go out first and just uh, stretch my wings and make sure everything's safe. Then I'll come back and we can call, we can go and have a good time. All right. Oh, well, we have to go on patrol too because someone has to protect this place when you leave. <sighs> How about this? <clears throat> I will go out and do it myself today, and then mm. after I'm done, I'll bring you on the route around to show you what I normally do. Mm. Is that a fair compromise? And she looks up at you. And she looks back at Morabi and she's like, mm-mm. And then she just jumps out the window. <laughs> Plummets straight down and effortlessly turns into this giant owl as she's falling down. And like her control over her forms is better than yours. Yeah, she, I was going to say, like, she, she's just a, she grew up doing it. Like, mm-hmm. she, all right. It's I'm, just second nature. <clears throat> And ah. she and her wings pop out, and then she flies back up. And uh, Javil is now running for the window. <laughs> I, I grab him. He's like, you can't fly. What are you doing? <laughs> she's like, but Sister Oba, she always catches me. Watch. Throw me. First, you show me how small you can turn. And he turns into, like, this little brown cub. So you're now holding this little bear a cub with these bright green eyes. All right. Your mother's not around, is she? Mm-mm. <laughs> I chuck him. 
Right? <laughs> like little Pharaoh, <laughs> and she swoops in and grabs them, and they both fly up. And now she's just doing lazy circles around the tower with her brother just clutched in her claws. Okay, uh, Torvik just wants to take a look down at the base of the tower to make sure that Benegrit's not around. Roll me a, roll me a, uh, not a spot. What the hell do we do in D&D? Uh, that would be a perception, right? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, oh, uh, for roll. You can roll however. I'll just roll, roll on that. Roll 20, roll real I'll dice. Do. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. I'll just do D20. It's, it's cool. convenient. Um, rolls an eight plus two, a 10. Okay. All right. So you don't see her, but they are attracting a bit of attention. Okay, okay. <laughs> so Torvik's like, oh, bloody hell. Uh, jumps off, transforms into a, a sizable eagle, and um, flies off, screeching for them to follow him, basically. <laughs> exactly. And she's flying around, doing little a flip. She drops her brother, then flies down and catches as she, him again. As she does and that, just Torvik giggling. just, like, spins back. And if a bird could glare, he's like, he's like, oh, birds her, can glare. Okay. Birds are good at that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like his death eagle look. He's like, you know, he would have been the exact same way if he could turn oh, into yeah. animals when he was a child. 100% who wouldn't? Like, I can go fly. Let's go fly. Oh, yeah. Right. So you guys start, I guess, patrolling. Yeah. So um, I don't have a map in front of me, but as far as I remember, it's like a river feeding up towards the spear, isn't it? And then there's a large open pool of salt water at the edge there. And that wide open pool goes towards the giant void, which rises a bit in the center, which is why the water just doesn't fill this whole basin, because it looks like a meteor hit this area, because it did. (laughs) So all the all the mountains along the edge are what's been, you know, they were mountain ranges, but they got forced up and blown up higher than they should be. If you go to the very, very top, of the coal spine, uh, you're basically in the upper atmosphere. The mountains go all the way out until it's pretty much nothing, where you can't breathe up up um, there. Gravity actually loosens a bit. So those mountains are far taller than anything we would find here. There's that big crater, and there's where the coal spine and Titan's Ridge meet. Yep. Spear isn't in between those. It's on the opposite side, closer to the void. Just past it. Yeah, basically. Okay. They kind of built out all on this side. Yeah. Okay. So Torvik would, um, obviously, he's not going to fly all the way to where the Titan's Ridge and the Cold Spy meet because that's quite a distance. But he'll do along one side up to a certain extent when you can, in the distance, see, you know, where the ranges meet. He doesn't need to see it perfectly. And then he'll patrol over the ocean and then come back up. So, like, he'll fly, say, along the Cold Spine up to a certain point, then cut across and then come back down by Titan's Rage and just really make sure along the ground and there's no boat or anything like that. Nothing out of the ordinary, nothing different that he'd normally see. So the only other feature then would be what's called the Impossible Road. It is a unbroken, uh, perfectly straight road that goes from the Spear of Jarden to where the Union was. So it just vanishes into the world of Storm, but it stays clear of the de- of debris. It never breaks. It never, there's never anything wrong with it. It's just a perfect road that's always there because the gods built it. That said, um, it's not just the uh, the Five Kingdoms side that he's uh, taking a look at, actually, because when he comes back, he looks through the void as well he can because, um, well, he was there with the rest of them when they saw uh, God of Chaos banging on the walls trying to get in. 
That's going to leave a indelible mark in your memory, I would imagine. Yeah. You sweep along the side of the five kingdoms. Nothing seems out of order. There's a couple animals that you interact with to kind of show the kids like, oh, this is this and this is that. And you're just kind of like, you know, being a normal dad, just answering an endless flood of questions as you take them on a field trip, basically. Mm -hmm. As you come back into the void area and you're flying along the road just to keep an eye on it, there are occasionally people on it. Every week, there's someone who is going to the world a storm. There have been these little communities that have popped up right at the edge of worshipers, scientists, writers, people looking to live at the very edge of reality. You know, the, the, they all are kind of drawn in a constant stream towards the world a storm over the past hundred years. Okay, I was going to say this is a constant thing. It's not a recent thing. Yeah, every year there's a big pilgrimage where people will go to where the world storm falls every single year. And but that's not that's not going to happen for another half a year. But there are people who just live there all year round who don't just come for that one year because there's a lot of people that would just rush into the void um, once the world storm drops and just find things. There was a huge gods battle here. There are there are still artifacts buried in the sand right by the uh, white, white, right by where the union is. And there's also people who feel that if they could get into the union, they'd un, they would, you know, tap some limitless power or divine energy. There are people that believe that there are literally thousands of magical items that have been gathered and locked within it. So there's a lot of treasure seekers. And then just a lot of, of, of people who believe that the one true God, Zavon, is still in the world storm. So I'd imagine there's like probably small towers and stuff that people use to like look out and see if they can spot any treasures and stuff like that. Totally. Over the years, the camp just expands along the, the edge of the... One of them has, one of them at the very end of this road has expanded to the point of being a town. Uh, it's called a variety of names, uh, most of them derisive. Fool's Folly, some people call it Zealot's Hold. Most of the people in the town call it, uh, call it Oasa. And right now, as you're flying over this main road, you are seeing a large wooden wagon made out of ironwood, round and bulbous. It looks like it barely is supported on its wheels. The four oxen that were pulling it are slaughtered. Their blood is splayed out all across the sands. The wagon is, is like a little bit off the road and tipping rather precariously, and on top of it are three dwarves, uh, two younger dwarves with crossbows, and then an older woman who is ordering them as sand lampreys swirl around them and try to get up on the wagon. All right, and sand lampreys are what? They're basically just like they lampreys. How large are they? Be? Think like like little dunes, right? Little like little dune worms, maybe five or six feet long, enough to kill you. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, oh, my kids are still with me, right? Mm-hmm. I'd like to, with them, swoop onto the top of the carriage, and turn into Torvik. Immediately, with with my shield, 
not my axe out, but like my my hand on the ship's half, just being like, don't don't panic, don't panic. I'm here to help. As you say that, a sand lamprey lunges up onto the side, so it's like kind of leaning on it, and the whole thing rocks to the side. Not quite enough to get up on the wagon, but enough to be scary. What's that, Dad? What's that? Uh, They're now turned into kids around you. Right? You two, stay put. Don't move. Would I recognize what these are? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You've been here long enough to know. There's not that much that lives in the void. So the few things that do would be things you'd be aware of. So these are not something that I would um, be able to kind of commune with or... These are from somewhere else. They okay. are not from this world. They are not animals. So you can't really talk to it. So if I use the anti-creature or anti-beast anti-life spell. Anti-life shield. Yes. That would definitely shield. work because that stops all non-plant life, basically. All animal, all fauna. It stops all fauna. So if you were to expel that, it would shove these, these creatures back. But not the other people that are there. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, you just put it around them. Yeah. Okay. So I would like to use that just to push everything back 10 feet. How does that work for you? He takes the half of his axe and he like hits it onto the roof of the Ironwood wagon. As he channels his divinity, his eyes glow with the... Uh, the, the, the that purple and pink swirling astral realm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, kind of almost kind of like what Zion does, but like a, 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 a field kind of pushes out, but like maybe with a kind of green hue of like nature and, and beasts and life and whatever pushes out from him and like holds. And it's almost like a shimmering field that they can see through. And if someone wants to go to walk to it, they could walk through it. No problem. It's just the, and the lamprey is on the other hand are just trying to get against it, get in. It just ripples the sand outwards, and you see little beetles and tiny little creatures being swept up and shoved away. to the side. Yeah, totally. It just it just rolls them all out like a big wave. Encompasses all of the wagon, all of you, and the dead oxen that have been just torn open because these things are looking for moisture more than they're looking for food. Oh, thank you. Who, who are you? Uh, nice to meet you. I'm Torvik Wildhong is my name. Um, I've been I've been seeing a bit of activity around the camp these days, but um, you've got a, quite a wagon here. Uh, Ironwood, I see. What brings you out this way? And she looks down and she, and she just slaps the top of the Ironwood wagon and it's like a little unbalanced, so it kind of wobbles and you can hear a large amount of liquid sloshing back and forth inside it. The entirety of it must be filled with liquid. My name is Nodeth Sea Splitter. These are my sons, or Ormir and Byrock. And we are water sellers. We collect water down here and we take it to the zealots in the camp. Oh, and uh, would you normally have trouble with these lampreys or? On occasion, you can normally handle it. This is aggressive, even for them. Hmm. How would you? All right. Well, <clears throat> you look to be in a bit of trouble now. Would you? I can help you get out of at least the sand and closer to the town if you'd, if you'd accept my help. It is a couple days journey to the edge of the storm wall. Hmm. So she would very much like your help, but you're going to be invested for a couple days. Otherwise, she's kind of stuck here. The 
lampreys, can they travel through any of the ground around here, or is there a point yes. where they can't? Okay. As far as you know, uh, they don't like water. So normally this is odd that they would even attack a water cellar. And I would know that they don't like water, right? Correct. Absolutely. Well, before anything, would you mind if I had some water? Walks down, gets one of these, like, there's, you know, they have water, but there's also, like, several water skins because they'll just sell those, right? So she just grabs one and happily hands it over. And it's good. It's clean. It's, it's better than it should be, and it doesn't have any salt in it. So you're not quite sure how they're pulling that off, but somehow they're getting the salt out of the water before they even bring it up. All right, no, what he was thinking is... um. In his head, why would they be attacking this with all the water if there's water inside of it? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But would it be a common thing for like would he have ever seen a wagon like this going back and forth? Oh, I mean, like like he's heard of water sellers. You may not have directly interacted with them. Uh again, it's not that big of a community, but it's big enough where they travel back and forth every month. So I might not be able to help you get your wagon back to town yet, but what I can do is I can help you get back. Uh, where you might be able to get some some assistance to come and get this. I know that this is Ironwood, and I know that as strong as or as fierce as those beasties might be, they're not going to rip through Ironwood. Dad, I could be a bear. I could be a bear, Dad. I could pull it. And like you're one of the, and he hops down and forms <laughs> into a bear <laughs> and goes walking over. I can pull it, Dad. I can pull it. And the, the people are probably like, "What the hell is going yeah. on here? Are these your kids?" Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, these are my, my <clears throat> the apples of my eye. This is uh, Javiel over there. He is uh, the large bear that you can Hi, see. Hi, I'm Javiel. And uh, this is my uh, quiet little angel here, Morabi. I am Morabi. <laughs> Dad, do we trust them? Do I trust them? Can I do an, uh, an uh, insight check on them? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I say to her anyway, it's like, ah, yes, of, of course we, uh, yes, we, we trust them and just kind of like... <laughs> We trust them. Uh, just another eight plus two. So uh, <laughs> I mean, it's all I roll be, all night. <laughs> yeah, they don't seem to be lying, you know, and they don't seem to be shifty. Like they seem pretty mm -hmm. open. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to uh, come, come back here. Come back here. I can pull it. And he like climbs up and the whole thing kind of wobbles because he hasn't changed out of bear form. If we're gone for the next five or six days, your mother will literally kill me. <laughs> and possibly even you, if I tell her that you're the one who made this call. Well, Mom said if we were very good, we could go camping. So, this is camping. Oh, no, no, no. You're not pulling this one with me. Mm, Dad, We took please. nothing with us. Dad, Dad, Dad. We don't need anything, Dad. We're sufficient because we're demigods. And as soon as they say that, like... They look like the other dwarves look shh, to each other. Demigods. Yeah, I'm a demigod, and my sister's a demigod, and my dad's a god. He's the god of beasts. Yeah, Torvik's kind of like shuffling his feet right now. He's like, Javiel, <clears throat> uh, shut up, all right? He goes, like, just go stomping off as a bear. <laughs> stay, stay, stay in the circle. I, stay in the circle. I told the truth. I always get mad for telling the truth, but I just said what we are. And he just goes stomping off. And like your daughter kind of leans out and she's looking up and she looks at them. Dad, I think mom would be very happy if we help these nice people who are also dwarves. Uh, Where are you from? There are no dwarves here. 
there's no mountain kingdom here. Where are you from? And the woman just kind of nods like, well, we're from Raison. Raison. Right. We haven't been there in quite some time. I'm trying to think now for for Torvik. Have, uh, sorry, it's been like I re-listened to it all maybe like two months ago, three months no, ago. No, you guys were pulling into Capania, which is in Raison, which is like the capital city of oh, Raison okay. when you left. So you did see Raison right before you left. What brings you all the way out here then? Surely you're not just uh, just come out here just to sell some water only to go back to Raison, no? Well, and she looks at her boys who are already like off the wagon now trying to like they were like, you know, seeing if, in, if in the, the, the animals were savable and they're not. And now they're like kind of eyeing, you know, the bear <laughs> for a possible, like mm, this might work, you know? So that's kind of what they're doing right now. And she looks down at them and she looks back at you. <sighs> we are saving to return home. Hmm. Why, why, why do you need to be saving to go back to Raison? I have a debt that must be paid before we are allowed to return. And she, like, looks a little embarrassed, but she tells you what they did. Uh, her house um, basically tried to steal an election. Uh, the way that elections work in Raison is like you say, I want to be the boatmaster for the next five years. So you run a camp, a campaign, and they have these giant magical vaults where you basically make a big gesture of how much money you're putting into your vault and you're saying, I'm running for X. And you put you know, 5,000, 10,000 golden, whatever. And then you encourage people to donate to your campaign. And at the end of the campaign, they crack the vaults open. They count how much money is in there and whoever has the most money wins. And then they take all the money that all the candidates had donated to them during the election, they pull that, and that's the budget for your department for the next five years. So they basically enchanted pieces of glass to look like diamonds and tried to rig an election and got caught. And you can't, there's one big crime in Rizod, and that crime is fraud. That's what they care about in Rizod. So they were banished, and <laughs> they have to pay a very <clears throat> sizable fee before they're allowed back. Once that fee is paid, all is forgiven, but they have to come up with like, you know, a hundred thousand gold. And it's been taking her some time. <laughs> Torvik laughs to himself. He's like, oh, 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 well, I mean, I suppose you've learned your lesson then from that. Yes, better cut glass next time. Mm. And then she just laughs. <laughs> all right, so I'll help you out. Thank you. But you got to promise me, once we get to Fool's Folly, you don't go rigging no elections there, right? And she laughs, and she's like, it's pretty chaotic there. They have the equivalent of a leader, but it's more like a cult. Mm. I haven't been there much now myself, but... All right, uh, me and my kids will help out, okay? And we'll, we'll start moving along. Excellent. Now, Morabi can only be... Sorry, uh... Javiel can, can only, only be, manage bears, right? Yeah, Morabi can, be, be owls, can or, only yeah. do owls as as far as her natural ability, 
but she is also a druid and she can manage other animals. Nothing fancy, but she can do an ox or she can do a horse or she can do a dog, right? But not for long. She can only do it for a little bit of time, maybe a couple hours a day. So she can help out. And then the times that she's not helping pulling, she can fly around and basically keep watch. Cause it's, 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 it's going to take both you and Javil to get this wagon moving. Yeah. And is there a time that I can have the anti-life shield up? It's an at-will ability, so you can just keep doing it. Yeah. So eventually, the they just leave. Like, like they just go away. You can tell they're not there anymore, and you can drop it. <laughs> I'm thinking of Tremors now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, there are. Now, there also are basically lava worms that are just like the worms in Tremor, except they're filled with lava because they eat rock and it just gets disintegrated inside their stomach. So, yeah, those <laughs> are God. here, too, but they don't normally bother with anything small. It's not worth their time or effort to burst to the uh, um, surface. That's terrifying. But, yes, we will <laughs> we'll move our way towards um, Oasia. All right. Oasa? So, yeah. Well, uh, Oasia, Oasa. I think it's Oasia. I don't know. However, however people <laughs> would say it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys head off. The first day is hot, but relatively nothing happens. Like there's a beetle and your kids get super excited. And that's pretty much <laughs> all that happens. And like like that night, they're all just like trying to find dung beetles and trying to help them. And and they manage to like, you know, one of them turns into a giant beetle and there's like, yeah, and they're still having fun. And they set up camp. They feed you well. They have a surprisingly good stock of food and wine aboard this vessel. Torvik would like along the way to just explain to them, like, when we get to Oasia, don't mention anything about us being gods or demigods. In fact, don't mention it even when you go anywhere else. Don't don't mention it. Your business is your business. I will not intrude, and I thank you for your help. We, I'm not sure what we would have done without you, and I cannot get another of these wagons. Mm, you must have uh, spent quite a bit just to get this. Uh. Everything I had. The elves aren't very fond of uh, giving away their ironwood. They are not. However, they are fond of our drink, and they're not great in poker. And she laughs again. <laughs> he thinks back to, like, even if he was to play poker with, with Rena, she would either probably win or lose horribly. <laughs> because <laughs> yes, of her. Too. Yeah. Yes, 100%. 100%. <laughs> she wins as long as Oinkers doesn't pick her cards, because Oinkers <laughs> thinks he's great. At Wait, this, and just Oinkers you know, stayed with them, did he? Oinkers did not stay with them. Actually, so no, I'm sorry. Oinkers did stay with them. He is with them because you told Oinkers to stay because I didn't want to take Oinkers out of the game. I was so, be like, yeah, okay. Oinkers is currently with with them. And if you focus, you can get a message to Oinkers wherever she is. All right. Who's the other elf that we were friends with then? Was it uh, Amaril? Uh, oh, um, um, Adamil. Yes, exactly. Adamil. Adamil. Uh, the god of speed, speed and a fellow Ironwood elf. Yes. Okay. He, I'm just sorry. I'm just trying to get names. Back no, in my sure. Head. Okay. Ask. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, after just kind of like, you know, yeah, he trusts them and um, he's happy to keep on just keeping, keeping on going towards Oasia. Then it takes you three days. And on the morning of the third day, where you still have a decent journey ahead of you, there is 
a thunderous crack and a purple bolt of energy that seems to explode towards the sky inside the storm. It just lights up the whole edge of these of the storm wall and then it just collapses. You watch as this 12 mile high storm vanishes into nothing. Wait, the storm wall is gone or the storm disappeared? The storm wall is gone and the storm has disappeared. It's nothing but bright blue sky everywhere you look now. Okay, um, <laughs> Torvik's immediate reaction is, kids, you stay here and do not, and he's like deadly serious, so mm. do not leave, don't, no, no. Mm. This is this is dangerous and I do not want to risk either of you. Stay put, I will, I'm checking this out, and he turns to everyone So you're going to leave us with the sand lampreys? No, I'm leaving you with these these other dwarves that we've been traveling with that oh. you wanted to help, so you make sure that they're safe, okay? Mm, <clears throat> logical. Yeah, I suppose. Fine, Dad. And they just go stomping off. They're both unhappy, but they'll do as they're told. Um, and Torvik is going to uh, change into a hawk and just sure way the up. fastest bird, like yeah. the fastest falcon you can be, right? Okay, and just excellent. Circle around from where he saw that bolt shoot from. See if you can see anything in the town. All right. You take to the air. It still takes you about an hour to get closer to where you were. As you're flying up, you can see the town of Oasa. It is it just it is a catastrophe. Buildings are on are on fire. Things have been knocked down. There's bodies all over the place. But whatever has happened seems to have stopped because there are are people rushing around, trying to heal, trying to stop people bleeding, that kind of thing. It looks like they're the aftermath of something that has happened. Okay. And from where the bolt shot from it, like... Further can, in. Definitely he, further in. Can he see... Can he, like, go to where that was and see if he can spot what I'm in the source? As soon as you're close enough to the edge, you can see the Union... And it must have come from there. Oh, Jesus. No. All right. Um, he circles back to get his kids. Okay. Um, and he says to uh, Nadeth, Oramir, and, and Bai. It'll take you a couple hours to get back. Uh, there are people that you can see that won't make it. Oh. People. Oh, God. And you are a paladin. I know. You are basically a triage machine. You can just go one point, one point, one point, one point, yeah, and save okay. everyone. So Torvik is going to land and just rush into the town. Basically, just yeah, lay on hands, doling out hit points where he can, looking for the looking for for for, for the the most injured, and then giving advice and um and and support to to the people who aren't so much injured and just explaining to them what to do. Basically, just kind of rallying things around him and, 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 well, telling them what to do because clearly they're all just panicked and clueless and don't know what they're doing. As you're running into the town, a hill shifts to the left and a gargantuan Goliath stands up. She has coal black skin and this flame red hair that she's pulled into heavy, heavy braids and she has a bow as she rises out of the sand. Stand! Who goes? Oh, 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 what's going on here? Who are you? She lowers her bow and she looks at you. I'm the sheriff. Who are you? 
I am a helpful passerby that's helping these these people who are injured and, and, and dying. Are you a healer? I am. And she puts her bow away. Come, quickly. And she leads you from person to person. They're being taken care of by these people in white, like, like these white and ivory robes that are just covered in every religious symbol you've ever seen. And they're just, they're doing the best they can to patch people up. And they're being led by this human man who is like too pretty. You know what I mean? Like when a guy is a little too pretty, he's like a... He's oh, too pretty, that guy so he's probably evil. <laughs> yeah. Who's that guy that played the Joker recently? What is his name? Uh, Jared you know Leto. what I'm talking about? Yes, Jared Leto. He's just a little too pretty. There's just something about him you just don't trust. And that's what this guy looks like, like a really pretty long-haired man, right? And he's walking around, and he's got this little tambourine, and he's like, oh, you all are doing so well. Oh. And then he like kind of spins over to you and lands a hand on your shoulder. I brush it off immediately. I had a dream about you. You're here to help. Yes, please save them all. I'll save who I can. Who are you? What, what happened here? Well, my name is Brother Everin Tavik, and I am the leader, I suppose. Oh, though the title is far too much, but I am the leader of these people. We have all come to worship. Worship what? Well, the storm, of course. The gods. Well, it looks like your gods are gone. Mm, they speak to me nightly. Little ring in my ear. A little messenger. And I don't suppose that you're the cause of what's happened here, are you? Oh, no. I don't wish any harm to these people. We are all seeking enlightenment, after all. No, no, this was different. We had a stranger recently, an odd man. Claimed to be a god. God of what? Vitality. Constitution. Vigor. He must have been mad. <clears throat> the gods are dead. Mm, he was mad, I believe. He walked straight into that storm, and as he did, it collapsed. Then we were attacked by creatures. Uh, zombies? It seems absurd to even say the word, but they were like flesh, but also rock. Mm. All right. And where are they now? What happened to them? Did you fight them off, or did they leave? Hmm... And he walks, as you're walking and like healing people as you're going, right? He walks you kind of to the edge of the camp where the world storm would have been. And there are several of these broken skeletons and where, but like all, where, where all the flesh should be is stone. This isn't anything like what we saw in, uh, was it Barros's tomb? This is exactly like what you guys saw when you were in um, uh, Turtle Bay. Because... There was a there was the uh, okay, there were the, the asteroids that came down in Turtle Bay, and then these these it turned people into these rock zombies. This is exactly what you guys fought before. Go back to to your people and make sure they're tended. I I have my own people I need to take care of. Is there anything else uh, out of sorts that's happened here? Or mm. you said the gods speak to you? How or what do they say? Just that they are there. Oh, she speaks to me every night. She says yes. Well, sometimes. Sometimes, perhaps not she. But, yes, I have chosen to believe she is she. And uh, what would she or her name be? Oh, she says she has many, many names. But the one I call her most often is Karen. Karen. Karen, mm. yes. 
Odd name, isn't it? It is. Sounds like a bit of a... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Odd name indeed. I've never heard it. Uh... No. So ex- so exotic. So exotic. <laughs> okay. And what what did um what what does Karen claim to be the the god of? Oh, the the god. The god. Yes. But you know as well as I that there was multiple gods prior to the gods war. There were multiple gods. She is new, as she would say. New. Hmm. Would you like to speak with her? Well, you should probably heal that one first. Oh, and maybe that one, and then we can definitely go speak with her. Oh. Uh, can I do an insight? How much do I trust this guy? Uh, 11 plus 2, so 13. He seems to very much believe what he is saying. How do you speak to her? Mm, well, I have my meditations, of course, and when I find the inner harmony and my ears are fully able to hear and my eyes are fully able to see, she appears. How far away at this stage are my kids again now? So right now, they're about, a, like, if you were at full speed, doing nothing but flying at about 150 miles an hour, about two hours, I'm sorry, about an hour away. So about 150 miles. Okay. Not close. No, not close. Damn it. I don't have any way of reaching out to them, do I? Ah, uh, you don't, unfortunately. Um, I don't think you can cast Messenger or anything like that, can you? Um, no. Oh, Because you, you are a paladin. I yeah, can I can I can use an animal to deliver a message and my that daughter's can a druid, do. correct? 100% she is. She will definitely understand. You guys have done this before. Okay. Um I'm going to find a bird. Mm-hmm. Easy. Anywhere. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to ask it to deliver a message to the kids. Why hello. Hello. Hello, hello. The bird. Hello. <clears throat> hello. 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 Shh. <laughs> um I'm going to need you Yes. I point in the direction of where the kids are. I'm going to need you to go and find the little girl who can talk to you. Yes. Tell them to go home and to say sorry to their friends. Go home, little girl. Sorry about your friends. Correct. Hmm. Done. Thank you. And mm. it boom, just takes off. Okay. Take me to uh, talk to this god of yours. Of course. And he just throws his hands up. Children! We are celebrating. Come, come. And you are instantly swarmed by like 12 robed, seemingly drugged figures who are just so happy to see you. And they're walking you to this large white tent that seems absurd to be in the middle. Like there's a lot of effort there putting into their shit that really could be spent surviving, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. But he provides them all water. He seems to have money to pay for anything he needs to pay for. And he walks you into this ridiculously large tent that is well appointed with pillows and like little inner areas. You walk through this main chapel, right? And it's weird. It is a amalgamation of every religious figure you could be. So there's like a recreation of the Fist of Baros in the center, but around it are clearly identifications from the God of the Wild and the God of the Woods. And the, like, there's all different things that have kind of been adapted into this unified church, as he refers to it. All gods are one. Come, come to my inner sanctum. And pushes some tents to the side. And you're just hit with this warm, 
humid, heavily perfumed air as you walk in. All right. Um, I'd like to just maybe just take a rag or a cloth and just put it over my face. Just, just because like he's seen the way that the, the, the disciples are acting or whatever they are. And he oh, figures, it's definitely opium. It's 100% yeah. opium. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But I guess I do have, I do have resistance to all... Right. Poisons. It like it's it's not going to affect you, actually. As a paladin, you can't really get drunk because you can't be poisoned. So you can enjoy alcohol, but you don't really get drunk. So, yeah, the same thing here. Drugs don't affect you. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I follow through. And so, where is this god of yours? He leads you to this pillow and his uh, his uh, followers are like wiping the sand off your arms and washing your hands and feet and like running I'm fingers like, I, through I, your every, hair. At every point I'm pushing them yeah. off. Yeah, like absolutely. to the stage they where I take my try. shield and I start yeah. shoving them. Like. Get, get, no. <laughs> that, that, enough, enough children. The God will accept him as is. Oh, and they all vanish, just vanish until it's just you there sitting. It's like, sit with me. And he sits uh, cross-legged and puts his hands out towards you. I look for a chair. <laughs> there are no chairs, just pillows. All right, so Torvik kind of, like maybe like five or 10 feet away from him. He just does not trust this man at all. He just plunks down right in his arse, legs out in front of him. And he nods and he kind of, you know, <laughs> A scoots over, right? you know, until he's right up in. in, <laughs> Torvik takes his axe out and like leaves it at his side, oh, while, while holding, holding the haft. Yeah, fair. Understood. Now, may I see your hands? Well, one hand is fine. <sighs> sure, sure, sure. Right. Puts out a hand. Okay, all right, and he takes his finger and he's. Gently tracing the the lines on your palm, and as he does, they glow. They glow with like a silvery energy, and and fade as his finger leaves them. Ah, oh, yes, you are. You are also a god. Well, how lucky! I pull my hand back. How do you, god of beasts? How do you know this? And he looks up at you, and his eyes are swirling with that same pink and purple energy because the god has allowed it. Hmm. Are you sure you're not a god yourself? I am an assistant to god. You are one of the small gods. Let me speak to your to your god then. This can be quite intense. How do you usually pray? Pray? You don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He, he kind of laughs. He's like, I don't know. Get me a beer. Get me an ale. Of course. And a, a literal flight of ales are brought before you. This wooden tray with six glorious ales ranging from very, very dark to very, very pale appear before you. All cold somehow. I pick one up and I'd like to uh, just take a sip. And could I do like a medicine? Hell See yeah. If there's anything, anything that might even hurt a dwarf. You know what? Just got another eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Three it's five. like, it's strong. Even like you're like, whoa, this is actually kind of strong, but it's good. Like it's exceptionally good. It has these red oak hints and this real earthiness to it that like feels like some of the, you know, ancient 
dwarven ales that have been, you know, made for centuries. At this stage, Torvik is, um, he's been drinking Squiddleby. Well, you know, the ale up at the, at the, at the spear is not great. And he, right. he no, takes a sip like and he's beast. like, yeah. I don't see any. He's like, ah, oh, well, fuck it. And he just, he just starts drinking it by, and it's like pouring Please down his beer. Drink more like, for our guest. Thank you. He is a man of religion. Yes. Mm, yes. Yes. Pray into my God. All right. Uh, <laughs> so he just begins, and he's banging his tambourine. He's singing. He's quite skilled. Uh, his voice is melodic and gorgeous. The ale is amazing. You feel a little tipsy, actually, and it's turned out to be kind of an enjoyable day. But he's just silly. He's just flailing about and rolling all around you. It's entertaining, but it doesn't seem like it should be anything until it's suddenly very dark. Too dark. Do, am I still in the tent? Do I look around? Yeah. Do we still see him? Darkness has seemed to creep in at the edges. So just past the flap, there's nothing. And the darkness seems to be closing in. Um, I'm kind of donning my shield and then picking up my axe and standing up at this stage, looking around me like, what, what's going on? He leans down, puts his hands on your shoulders and nothing. This is her. Can't you see? And gestures towards the darkness. Do I see anything? I would like you to roll perception. All right, I can get at least one good roll tonight, I promise. Nope, five plus two, seven. <laughs> You're just looking and it's just darkness. It's just this weird, uh, you know, undulating darkness that has a shine to it. And as you kind of lean forward a little bit, your eyes go wide because it's not darkness, it's spiders. Ow. Nothing but a wall of spiders. Hello. Hello, is, are you there, uh, Karen? You hear a woman's laughter if it came from a million spiders. That is just horrifying. <laughs> and you turn and he is fully leaned up against the wall and spiders are climbing all over him and he just seems to be reveling in it. Who are you? You are? We are. And you. And the walls kind of like lean in for a second, kind of over you, and then pull back out. I am Torvik. Torvik. And the word just kind of dances in a million mouths all at the same time. Yes. And you are God. I am. And apparently you are too. According to this man, you are the the god. I am, I am. And you've come to me. You've come to me. You've come to me. How fortunate. Fortunate for who? For all. For all. For all. In this stage, Torvik's like, okay. And he's looking around the tent to see, is there a way out? There is not. <laughs> there is only spiders all around you now. Over you, to the sides of you, it is nothing but spiders. Is there candles or... Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. So just to know that that's there. Cool. So what? why have you chosen this, this man to be your voice? Who else... Who, what other gods do you know about? How do you know about me? And are you from 
our part of the world, or are you from out there? And she laughs. Out there, all all smart Yes, I am. I am from here. From here. And down He's thinking back to the vision that they saw at the top of uh, the the union of the the god of chaos banging on the wall. I guess there's no way that he could relate that to these spiders right now without... Does he know the name of the god of chaos? Uh, Well, you know the name of the god... You know the name of the god of chaos that was? Yeah. And her name was Vestrix. Okay. Um, Nervously moving towards where the candles are, he's like... Would I be wrong in calling you Vistrix? Better to say she is now She is now you. Hmm. So you'd be her her counterpart as I would have been for Ova then. Mm, no, no, no. You are what came after. And you can see the spiders like form into a hand and kind of like tiptoe in the air towards you until they open up. And inside of this spider hand is this little godstone. And and all the spiders are kind of holding it up and gently turning it around. So it's very dramatic. And uh, what are you doing here? The wall is down. Is your, where is the rest of you? And if I was to try to leave right now, would you let me? And a door opens in the wall of spiders, and you can see into the tent beyond. Of course, of course. You are a prisoner. You are a Thank you very much. What is it that you want here? Oh, what anyone wants. Freedom. The ability to help others. I just want to share in the delight of this world. Well, it looks like you're here. There's nothing stopping you. There are so many things stopping me, sadly. I am trapped, trapped in this concoction of yours of I do not know why I have done nothing. And what, what keeps you trapped here? Powerful divine energies. And where, where here does it, what what ties you to this place? And there's like a couple bolts of that pink and purple lightning. I was brought Well, the door out is open. If you want to leave, you can. If we only left I wouldn't say so. I'm I'm here by happenstance and honestly the the trials of the gods is something I've uh, tried to get away from as of late. Disappointing, disappointing, disappointing. Change your mind. What about the fellow who walked off into the world storm? The spiders kind of pull back for a second and then lean in again. Wrecker, wrecker, wrecker. Yes, yes. We know of the Dragon Curse. Dragon Curse. And why you seem to flinch when I said his name? What? 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 
what you fear of him. Fear. I fear nothing. But, but, he's distasteful. Not enjoyable to speak to like you are. Well, as much as I am quite enjoying this conversation, uh, not Vistrix, not but Vistrix, I must go because I have I have some things I need to take care of. Will you be here if I was to return? I am always here. I have always been here. And I will be here when you return. Along with your friend. Mm. Who's to say I'm bringing friends back with me? And the spiders begin to form shapes around you. They form the shape of Doro. They form the shape of Golden Barrow. They form the shape of Zion with his powers swirling around him. They form Para and the fire that rages from him. They all dance around Jasper. You are, you are Well, I, 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 I must be off now. Of course. Please, please take a gift. Take a gift. And the spiders unveil their spider hand again, and there's a godstone there again, and it's got a little silver spider with its little silver legs holding the stone to form a, a pendant. Uh, I take it. It glows as soon as you hold it. So it's it's clearly a godstone because it's reacting to your divine energy. And you can hear a whisper in your mind as you hold it. Well, thank you. Um, until, until we meet again. The first time, first time. And then the spiders just vanish. Torvik doesn't even wait to speak to the priest. He just gets out of there straight away. He's following you. Brother uh, Brother Tabak is right behind you. Oh, wasn't that wonderful? Yes, you spoke with her. And she gave you a divine gift. You are lucky indeed. And as you step out of the tent and into the blazing daylight, a single tendril of darkness follows behind Torvik. Thank you for joining us for God's Fall Season 6, Episode 5, The End of the World. We're busy recording and editing the next episode of God's Fall, and you can listen to Season 6, Episode 6 right now by going to patreon.com slash godsfall. We'll see you next time in the world of the five kingdoms. 